Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. New every Thursday, podcast1.com or iTunes coming to you today, this open at least, from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and the beautiful Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, which has become a second home for me in recent years, ever since I first started coming to Tulsa and this area back around 2007, when I started coming here to host Rocklahoma, and now I find myself here almost uh, monthly. A lot of great work, a lot of great opportunity here, a lot of great people that have been very cool to me over the years have uh, been giving me some great opportunities to do some fun stuff. I was here on Friday where I hosted an L.A. gun show. First time I saw those guys with new guitar player Johnny Monaco replacing Michael Grant. Band sounded good, great crowd, and that was fun at the Ideal Ballroom in Tulsa. Stayed here to do some radio on uh, Tuesday. I had... A guy by the name of Greg Renoff on my show. He wrote an amazing book about Van Halen that I highly suggest you checking out if you're a Van Halen fan. And really, who isn't if you're a rock fan? The book is called Van Halen Rising. came out a couple years ago. People have been telling me about it for a while. And I only recently had a chance to finish it off and uh, check it out and had Greg on my show, who lives in Tulsa. And we had a great conversation about VH, which was a lot of fun. So a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on. Travel, the schedule is absolutely insane this month and next month especially. So I urge you to keep up with what I'm doing by following on Twitter at Eddie Trunk. That would be the most up to the second news and info. Keeping an eye on all my social media, Instagram, Facebook at Eddie Trunk, EddieTrunk.com is the website. All my appearances are there on the homepage. Links to buy tickets to shows, music news updated daily, signed copies of either of my books, all there for you on eddytrunk.com. Brand new Trunk Nation t-shirt just released in the merch store. Have a look at that also on my website, eddytrunk.com. So 
So much going on, and I am in a million directions, so I'm just trying to take it week by week, day by day, and I'll do my best to keep you updated through those outlets that I just told you about. Um, This weekend, if you're listening to this on post day, which is uh, Thursday as always, coming up this weekend, I'm in Houston this coming Sunday at Proof Rooftop Lounge, where I'll be hosting a show with Tom Kiefer. Always good to see Tom. And then on Monday, this coming Monday, I'm going to be doing my SiriusXM show live on, on volume from Houston from the White Oak Music Hall. And that'll be live 1 to 3 Central Time on Monday. So if you're in Houston, come see me. Won't cost you a penny to get in. And you can maybe get on the air with me, ask some questions, have some fun, and uh, be a part of my SiriusXM volume show. Again, that is live 1 to 3 Central from White Oak Music Hall in Houston this coming Monday, the 23rd day of April. Come on out and join me, and uh, if you can get out of work or you're off from work or your lunch hour, pop your head in and say hello and check out Trunk Nation as it broadcasts live from there. And, of course, if you're in Houston want to see Tom Kiefer, if tickets remain, come out and see Tom on Sunday night at Proof. A very, very quick trip in and out of Houston, but two events that I'll be there for and hope to see you if you happen to be in town. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Um... Well, that's the immediate future. Going forward, we have M3. We have the ride for Ronnie in Encino. We have Rocklahoma. Again, it's all on the website, eddytrunk.com. Also, I'm going to be headed to New Orleans for Jazz Fest. I'm going to be shooting another episode of my new TV show, Trunk Fest, from New Orleans. And I'll be doing that coming up in a couple weeks, as a matter of fact. And my TV show, Coming to Access TV, Debuts on July 1st, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 Central. It is a brand new TV show called Trunk Fest on Access TV. Again, debuting on July 1st. Hopefully you guys enjoy that and get Access TV. Check your grids. It's spelled A-X-S. That's what you're looking for. And uh, check it out. So I'm going to get into the interview pretty quickly because I'm on the run, as you can probably hear. I was supposed to be in my home studio by now, but flight delays and cancellations caused me an extra night here in Tulsa. So I'm recording this on my iPhone. The interview you're about to hear, though, like all of my interviews, originated on my SiriusXM show on Volume Channel 106, which you can hear daily live Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, replaying 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. One other thing before we get to our interview this week that I wanted to mention, speaking of travel and running around crazy, I was in Cleveland the Friday before the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That morning, I did my volume show or a version of it from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. And it was my first time in the building. It was interesting. Many know I've been critical of the Hall of Fame for a very long time. I admit that. However, there has been improvement. There has been progress. And I also acknowledge that. And it was cool to be there. It's a little better understanding of the the museum and the way that whole thing works. And congratulations to all the inductees. The biggest inductee, as far as in the rock spectrum this year, was certainly Bon Jovi. In my world of music, that got the lion's share of the coverage. I find it interesting because, you know, Bon Jovi was absolutely, uh, John Bon Jovi, somebody who was absolutely very much wanting desperately 
to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. A lot of artists are kind of showing difference about it, but John was openly openly said he wanted in. He wanted to be in the Hall of Fame. He wanted it to happen. One of the things I do not agree with, however, is there's been this narrative that was leading into it, and even the day of the induction, that it, this was super overdue and that Bon Jovi was snubbed and it's about time and all that sort of stuff. That I do not understand at all. Think about the other acts that went into the Hall of Fame this year. The Moody Blues were snubbed for about 25 years. The Cars snubbed longer than Bon Jovi. Dire Straits snubbed longer than Bon Jovi. So by Rock and Roll Hall of Fame standards, you know, unless you're Pearl Jam or something, most artists, 10 years is about the norm before they get in. Rush, Alice Cooper, Kiss, Deep Purple, all snubbed much longer than Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi was eligible for 10 years before finally going in. So I, I that kind of bothered me because it made no sense to me at all that this, oh, my God, it's so overdue. It's not, It wasn't. I mean, sure, it could have been gone in a little earlier. Yes, and I voted for Bon Jovi. I'm all for Bon Jovi being in there. I'm just saying this sort of it's about time thing that's been coming out to me just strikes me as really strange because it wasn't that about time. Uh, when you consider, again, when you consider how long others had to wait and were looked past. So, but a wonderful day, a wonderful event. Uh, congratulations to the inductees. The Sambora Bon Jovi reunion to a degree happened which everyone was looking for and hoping for. One of the things that I think was very telling is it did not happen. What we did not get was the original five guys just playing at least one song. They were added into the current band, and I think that is very telling that Bon Jovi, John, who of course is Bon Jovi, has no plans on reverting back to the other band. Uh, that's, I think, a pipe dream at this point. And Sam Bora, to his credit, is not... You know, he's indifferent about it. He's very much committed to the band he has with his girlfriend, Orianti. But it was nice to see them sort of bury the hatchet, get together and perform. They even dusted off Alec John Such. I don't know if he was plugged in, but they put him up there. And uh, you got the five guys on stage, but with still all the other current members, which I, I thought, you know, would have been nice to get the original five at least for one song. I thought that visual would have been really cool, but that did not happen. And I think uh, you could take a lot from that, quite frankly. So there you go. A little something on the Hall of Fame. And again, if you listen to my show daily on Sirius XM, uh, we cover this stuff in length, in detail. And of course, I bring you interviews each and every day and commentary like we just do in, uh, on this podcast and that you only get a little taste of on the podcast versus what I'm doing on a daily basis on Sirius XM 106. So this week, speaking of the radio show, like all of my interviews, they originate from my show on Sirius XM. And this week, Dean Castronovo and John Karabi together. They are together in the band The Dead Daisies, who have just released a new album. However, they also have in interesting individual stories, which we talk about in this podcast, including John Karabi's time in Motley Crue for that 1994 album, which John talks about a little bit. Uh, some, of other, uh, some of the other stuff Karabi has done, including Rat which people forget he was in Rat. And Dean Castronovo was in a number of bands, including Journey, for many years. And he has some interesting insights about that. So this is um, 
you know, a lot of talk about the Dead Daisies new record, but also equally discussions with John about Motley Crue and Rat and Mick Mars and discussions with Dean about uh, Journey and some of his issues and where he's at now in his life. I think you're going to enjoy this interview. So get ready. Little Journey, little Motley, little Rat, little Dead Daisies, uh, but two two great guys, a really fun interview. John Karabi, Dean Castronovo together on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. One other thing real quick, you know the deal. If you shop on Amazon, please do it using my page, amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. Start there on all your amazon.com shopping. It is appreciated. Mention the social media, mention my own site. Let's get to the interview coming up next on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. If you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP, and you might even know what it stands for. But what does it actually mean? The same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even get to the dealership. True Car Dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of home. And what's better than that? And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid for that same car you want. And your certified dealers know this. So they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, Visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. What's it like for you watching games of your son coaching? Agonizing. It's a family affair on Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast. You know, I didn't know there was actual work here. (laughs) Recent guests include Rich Eisen, John Harbaugh, Judge Judy, and John Madden. I thought one of the greatest jobs in coaching in the NFL was Jim's first year with the 49ers. Exclusively on Podcast One Sportsnet. Get episodes every Tuesday on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Great time to be a Wolverine. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. All right, let's get into it on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. Dean Castronovo and John Karabi, currently of the Dead Daisies, also talking about some of their other past bands as well. Let's get it to you right now. Again, these interviews courtesy of my daily show on Sirius XM 106 volume, Trunk Nation, which you can hear live daily, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time, and replaying every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. We go into the studio now with John and Dean. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, John Karabi is here. That'd be Super Bowl winning, John Karabi. Thank you. Who, who during the recent Monsters of Rock cruise, as a Giants fan, I was heckling during his acoustic performance over the side, yelling, Eagles suck! Yes, I heard it. And I, you know what? Honestly, I still brought you a bottle of wine. 
Look at you. How nice of you. Yes. Look, at, We'll talk about this in a second. The dead red. Uh, and also, Dean Castronova, good to see you, man. Good to be seen, my friend. How I saw you? you very briefly. It was a Bonzo Bash, maybe, or yes, something sir. around NAM. Yep. Uh, Get right up on that mic so we can yes, hear sir. you. Yeah, it was uh, 2016. Uh, yeah, it was a couple a, years ago. Yeah. yeah. I was all crazy, nine million drummers running around, and you're <laughs> yeah. like, Eddie, Dean. I was like, hey, Dean, good to yeah. see you. And then I was running and whatever. Yep. You are the newest addition to the Dead Daisies. Yes, sir. I'm the rookie. <laughs> I am the rookie. How's it feel after all these years to be a rookie in a band? I love it. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be hazed, I'm sure. Tons. Uh, on the road, but it's going to be great. It'll be okay. How did you come to be a part of the Dead Daisies, replacing a, a, an old friend, actually, Brian Tishy, who I know left the band, and uh, you, you came in as his replacement? How did you get the gig? Well, uh, Doug texted me and asked me if I was available. I was like, yeah. And so uh, Dead Daisies management called me. I flew in on a Sunday, met the band, and then um, uh, by that Friday, I was in Nashville doing the record. It was that quick. Wow, yeah. that did move quick. And of yes, course, sir. anybody that knows anything about Dean and his great work and, and Journey and Bad English and all the things you've done, tremendous singer you are as well. So, John, I would imagine having another guy with pipes like that in the band is going to be that, a big plus. It, it's been crazy. We've been rehearsing for the last uh, week or so. It sounds amazing. He's he's crushing it on drums. And then um, it's it's the extra voice. is I'm stoked. Like the backing vocals really sound great it's gonna be awesome yeah How, does everybody sing in the band pretty much as um, far as backing vocals doug sings a little right yeah he sings a little marco bit. sings a little yeah david you know david will do a chant or something like that whatever but um just having the four you know four vocals it's it's pretty cool how many years do you have in the dead daisies now john um this is your second record no, right third your third studio, third record? studio record, and and then the live, the live one, right? Yeah. So I've been with them three years. Three years. Yeah. Now you know what's interesting. This band's had a lot of different members over the years, and I've had I think every lineup since the beginning on one of my shows. Right. <laughs> the only guy who I've never met and has never come in, I've had everybody from this band at one point or another in on my shows. Is is Dave Lowy? Who's yeah. it? It's his thing. Yeah. Is he too busy making massive deals somewhere? No, or, he's or, just. Or what, what's his deal? He, you know, it's funny. Like he, even at rehearsal, he like he'll just go try it again. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's it's like okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's he really doesn't. He's just quiet. He's funnier than shit. Yeah. When he does start talking, but he's just quiet. You know what I mean? He's just uh, you know, so he dispatches you guys to do all the heavy lifting and the media and be the face of the thing and get Which out. Which is there. fine. Yep. We're a bunch of you know we're just a bunch of media whores anyway. So it's, <laughs> it works. We do what we got to do. When John, who did you replace in the band? Um, gentlemen, I I never met him. Um, Was it he, the NXS guy? Yes, John. Well, John Stevens. Yeah, yeah. Who's uh, you know? It's funny. I when I first heard the stuff. Um, when they first called me, I listened to their music and I was like, why the hell are they getting rid of this guy? Great voice. You know what I mean? But there was some weird thing. Like he, he had started the band with David. He's also a solo guy. He's done some like, um, I guess Australia's answer to Broadway plays and different things like that. Um, guys got an amazing voice, but he, he, you know, he like, they had that trip to Cuba set up. And he couldn't go. So they called me to do that. And then um, I think that was kind of, um, for lack of a better term, my little 
audition with the band to see what I was like on stage or what I was like to work with. And then at that point, they just said, hey, you want to come to Australia and do the next record? And I'm like, yeah, okay. Because when he was in the band, again, I've had, I think I've had every lineup in, and he was, when he was in, he came in and did my show, and he had a, he was in a wheelchair, I remember at the time. I think he had hurt his leg or broke his leg or something. um, From, I I think he, he's got a kid or kids, and I think him and his son were fishing or something, and you know, it was like on a beach somewhere in Australia where there was rocks and all this other stuff. And he fell like his leg went into a thing and he just kind of broke his leg. Um, he literally went, you know, uh, I think, you know, the Australians, he kind of just said it himself, <laughs> put some duct tape on it. And then, and said, then put some shrimp yeah, on the Barbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shrimp on the Barbie at Foster's. And he was like, let's Good do a go. tour, Mike. Good to go. <laughs> shake it off. Yeah, shake it off. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, an, it's, an interesting, uh, it's an interesting history with the band, but it seems like a lineup that is pretty, pretty solidified and badass right now. And you've got this new record, which is coming out in a, in a is it April 7th? April 6th. 6th called burn it down mm-hmm. and this as you said you're th- you're first with the band you're on the yes, record right dean you yeah. joined in time to do the record yep i had like i said three days to learn the stuff and went in and i think we got the tracks done well you were you there know, he quick. was he was also there though um when we first talked with him like he didn't just come right to the studio he he was up here while we were doing the writing part yeah. Yeah. so he kind of got a he had three or four days where he yeah. was kind of listening to everything mm-hmm. and and then as soon as we were done sent him you know home with a you know everything that we have been doing for the you know week or 10 days and then he brushed up on it came in and did a great job we didn't really miss a beat i love brian you know what i mean brian you know but you know brian he's got he's, he's always got like 50 things yeah. he's doing and- brian I, I mean i love brian's one of my favorite drummers and, yeah. I, and brian's a jersey guy i grew up with you know he lives from my same town actually it's crazy but yeah he's 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 always moving in all ways. Yes. Like even if he's man. just sitting, he's moving. He's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you just no matter what he's doing, he's like, you know, I'm I'm I got it, you know, uh, I'm thinking about doing this. Like, you know, I, I love the guy, but my gosh, he just doesn't you know want to hone in on one thing. And I also think with Brian, and I'm not I don't think I'm putting words in his mouth, I think it's fairly well known. I mean, he has this he's a phenomenal drummer, but he also has this real passion to be out front. Mm-hmm. You know, he he because he is all a great all around musician. Yeah. He can sing, he can play guitar. Dude, have you ever seen seen Brian play the guitar? Yeah. Um, Journey was doing a show um, in Irvine. He was playing drums for Billy Idol, and he came out with Steve Stevens and started ripping with Steve Stevens. I'm like, yeah. what the hell? I had no clue. If that you can keep guitar. up with Steve Stevens on a guitar, like, I, yeah. and it's like, when I first saw him, he had that band Ball for a little mm-hmm. while yeah. with Michael Devin. Where he was out front on that. Yeah, yeah. and he was yeah. out front. It was three-piece band. It was him, Devin, and uh, Joe... Um, can't remember his name the drummer uh what it'll come to me and brian's out there and they're doing all these like cool sound garden kind of riffs and he's just fucking wailing and i'm going dude i seriously want to punch you in the balls right now <laughs> You, yeah, nobody should be that talented yeah he's bad you know, but yeah. he's, he's a badass but he's yeah. for, but he's i to me I mean, I'm not saying anything. I haven't talked to him about it. It's almost like sometimes I think he's almost a little bit of a reluctant drummer because he's so good. He's such a great drummer. I love watching him play. I love the way he hits. I just love watching him. But it seems like he just like, yeah, yeah, there's that. But he wants to write songs and be out front and play guitar. And I'm like, oh, 
probably probably kind of move uh, try to pull a Dave Grohl sort of deal, you know. Yeah. And and I wish him all the way. He should chase that if he wants to do it. But I think the fact that everybody knows him as such a great drummer, yeah. that's where his bread's always going to be baked buttered, and people are going to call him back to that. I think that's what he wanted to do. Like I know he did a, 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 a you know. When he left, he went home. Like he was home already. What am I saying? He he was home, and he immediately started. Or he had been working on a Christmas record, an instrumental. He sent it to me. He put it out. Yeah. So he was doing that, and he had been mentioning wanting to do more solo stuff, like you know where he plays the drums, he plays bass, plays guitar, piano, like all the stuff, sing, and um, you know, and it was weird when we were. I was in Nashville. I got on a plane. And I came up here to do the writing part. I went and checked into the hotel. I got here last. Um, I got here about 11 o'clock. And I got up the next morning. We're going to the studio. And David, our manager, came out and he goes, um, all right, guys, does anybody know uh, any drummers? You know? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, what is happening right yeah. now? <laughs> like, and, you know, so we all started calling everybody. And, you know, and then Dean came up a few days later. But, um when I got on the plane, I had no idea Brian was leaving the band. You know what I mean? So, um, he, he, I saw him play. One, one more quick thing on 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 Tish. I I saw him play. I'll never forget this. It's like when he when he was in White Snake. So it was like seven years, eight years ago, or whatever. And he, he, I'm standing on the side of the stage watching the show. The show ends. He just gets done playing for like an hour and forty five minutes. Drums. Show ends, and he walks right off the side of the stage. He grabs me. He goes, "Come here," and he goes in this trailer with the with the speed bag. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts punching. He start. I know, like he's, a rush I know he's included that in his in his drum stuff, but he's talking. He's punching the speed bag, hitting the speed bag. I was like, dude, you just hit shit for an hour and forty five minutes. You still have to hit shit. I got to get this out. I never saw a man more hyper. I'm like, what are you doing? He said he literally. It wasn't for anyone to see. It was in a in a private. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, in yeah. the back of a truck. And he's so what's going on? What you think? Like, where do you get that energy? He's like the same know, age as me. Yeah. I'm like he, I'm ready to go to bed. He would get up. You. He would get up in the morning, and before we like get up in the morning, he's have coffee in his room, and then when we leave, he he'd already have like it, it didn't matter if we were in New York or we were in like Bosnia. He had it mapped out. He's like, okay, the Starbucks is. <laughs> so then he'd get out and he would get on the. And van like with a cup like this big, and it's nothing. It's just like double shot. Like should not be using. He should not be doing. It's like you know. And then and then like five o'clock. I'm just like, oh my god, Brian. (laughs) We just shut up. And then he would have another coffee or a Red Bull right before he went on. I'm like, well, the the first time I saw him do that speed bag was on that metal show. Yeah, yeah. He was playing drums. I was like, that is the coolest thing ever. But he does it to Rush songs. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I'm like, Okay, that's there just... are drummers that just don't stop. Like another guy, like I've I've a close friend of mine is Mike Portnoy, yeah. and Mike and I have driven. Like we took a two hour drive once because he lives near me, and we're driving, and the whole time we're just talking, and he's in the passenger seat, car, with his feet and his hands on the dashboard. I'm like, dude, do you even realize you're doing that? And he's like, what, what? Uh, I go, fucking stop! You're driving me crazy. I don't care that you're in the Modern Drummer Hall of Fame. I don't want to hear it on the way to Orange County. Number the thing. two Stop fucking it. hour. I'm going to kill you. His feet, like you go to eat with him and his feet are going, what, what is that noise? His feet underneath the restaurant table, like hitting the glass. Like, what do you, do you do that, Dean? Yes. 
<laughs> Dean does it too. Forget we about it, John. It's adorable. I'm like, but you know, it's this thing. Brian would do the same thing. Tapping on a on a table. Playing YYZ by Rush. Yeah, I'm like, Jesus. I kind of went to the management. I'm like, you know, I so I sneak out of the room, and then I'm at that point, I'm just looking for a fucking broom closet. I'm like, I, I just I just want quiet, just for five minutes. Five minutes. That's it. Dean, you but you're you're so. You're a busy guy too, even when you're not playing, you're oh, yeah. playing. Oh, yeah. Always. I, you know, my son's the same way. My son plays for Wednesday 13. We're both the same. It's just like, bash, 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 bash. we're always hitting stuff. It's just like, oh. Yeah. So I guess oh, it's just a I won't be visiting your house at Christmas. <laughs> no, you will not. <laughs> uh, John, I hate to break it to you. You just joined your band, so he's going to be on a bus with you all the time. <laughs> Yeah, he looks like Dean looks like he's on all the time too, oh, man. Dude, always, yeah, it's it's, it's, crazy. it's great. It's a good thing. I think you gotta have that. You gotta be like you know intense. And, it's, and, to be and, a, and a honestly, like that. honestly, here's is I'm laying it out for the oh, public God. to hear. I gotta one pay of, him for no this. one of my biggest pet peeves is like when when you're at rehearsal and you're like, oh, uh, hey Marco, you know that vocal, and and then the drums just start going, and then you're like. <laughs> Okay, uh, so Dean, <laughs> shut up. Anyway, so now I just learn. Okay, when those guys are in there, I just stay away from the drums until, until they come in and go. It's time to play now because I will. I'll just start hitting stuff. Yeah, Dean, take some notes on this because if you don't, in about a month, I might be talking to John with another new drummer for the Dead Daisies. <laughs> stay back, shut your mouth. Usually, I, I'm, when I'm supposed to talk, he he points to me, and then when it's time to stop, he's like. So I know. I've seen an, I've had enough lineups of this band in. So yeah. let this be the last one. You know, I think initially David and John when they put this band together, they kind of did it ass backwards. They just talked, they wrote songs, they went into the studio with a bunch of session guys and they recorded an album and then after listening to it, they're like, "Oh, we should do some shows." They talked to Marco and approached Richard Fortis and you know, and they put this band together, but they kind of you know how hard it is. You get four or five guys together, you know, you, normally you would hang out in a garage, write your songs, da-da-da, you go through all your changes, and then eventually get the record deal. They did it backwards. So they kind of grew up in, a little bit in public. Mm-hmm. And then and then the other curse and blessing for being kind of in the daisies is you have guys like Richard, Dizzy, Doug Aldridge, you know, all these cats, uh, Dean as well now, Brian um, they're they're all in demand to do other session work, other gigs. You know, last year Brian was doing gigs with Tyler and um, Don Felder. You know, and it eventually schedules will catch up and cross over. And you know, um, so, so that's it, kind of the nature of all bands, though. It, it really, unless you're in a. I mean, I said this the other day. It used to be like if you heard of somebody being in another band or doing a solo thing, it was immediately like, oh, red flag, they're going to leave the band, they're falling apart. Mm. Now it's it's almost unheard of to find anybody that's only in one band. Yeah. You guys all do other stuff as well. I mean, I know, John, you do your own your, your own stuff. But see, I'm in, I'm in control of every, like, I, you know, I know Daisies are going out from here to here, and I have enough notice where I go, okay, now I'm in control of the other ship totally. So I can just, I'm like, all right. So I'll take a day or two off, get reacquainted with the wife, and then I can go back out again for another week and a half or two weeks or right. three weeks or whatever I want to do, yeah. you know. But um, 
you know, it, it, it's it's just and and a lot of the names too. Like there was a run that we did uh, before where Brian couldn't after the first record I did with him, he couldn't do the first part of the Kiss tour. So we had like Tommy Clofettos come out and do like five or six weeks, and then Brian came back. You know, so a lot of the names on the list are just guys that filled in for. But I think David's always he's been striving to have a band like a core. Here's the guys, mm-hmm. you know, and I think we got it now. And Dean, so you you have, I mean, you you have Revolution Saints, yeah. which I know you guys haven't really done much live, but you've done yeah. a couple studio records, and mm-hmm. you got a few different things cooking. So, yeah. how does this all slot in for you? Is this your priority band this, now? Yeah, this is my priority. I mean, next year, uh, Neil uh, is talking about doing something with uh, myself and Greg Raleigh, Neil again. Sean, yeah, yeah, Neil Sean, and uh, calling it Neil Sean's Journey Through Time, and just you know, but that again, this is my priority. So right. you know, that's it. Revolution Saints, that thing, and this. But this is my baby. I love it, man. Yeah. And I, have you played live yet with Dead Daisies? Have you done a live show yet? No. Th- th- my first one's going to be in Scotland. So where do, you, where do you guys you, you start this tour? What in a, a week or so? Or? I think it's actually starting the day the record comes out, April sixth. So you're in New York because you're rehearsing for yeah. the tour. Mm-hmm. U.S. shows, I'm sure, are coming August and September. But right now, headed to Europe with the record coming out called "Burn It Down" on April sixth. I just broke the news to John during the commercial break that he had no idea that Bruce Springsteen is doing solo acoustic on Broadway here throughout the rest of the year. Uh, you, you you feel like he's taking your thunder a little bit, huh? A little bit, dude. I, I You know, that's my gig. As long as he doesn't start oozing into the Monsters of Rock cruise, I'll be fine. <laughs> that's, that's my gig, Bruce. Back off. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine seeing Bruce on the pool stage of the Monsters of Rock cruise? No, not at all. <laughs> You'd switch spots with them for a, for a little I, yeah, bit, right? I'll do that. Yeah, listen, okay, you go on the cruise. Let me do the Broadway thing. I think people are going to be a little pissed, but I think I can eventually win them over. Imagine coming out to that crowd that's been waiting like on, 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 on raffle for raffles to get in. It's like, uh, Bruce cannot be here tonight, but we have a great replacement, a gentleman by the name of John Karabi to entertain you. And be you. like, who? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I got a joke for you. <laughs> you got to do it the Broadway good. way. Yep. Tonight, the role of Bruce Springsteen will be played by John right, Karabi. Exactly. <laughs> hey, in all fairness, John Karabi is our Bruce Springsteen, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, on the hard rock world. Go, and he is, he is our fearless. He is practically. Look, look, I'm the host every year of the Monsters of Rock Cruise. John's the mayor of the no, Monsters of Rock. I, I, no, I get it. Let's just set the record straight. I said it two years ago. I'm the mayor. He's the governor. So it's just, when Eddie goes, get me my fucking drink. I go, yes, sir. I'm, I got this. I got the way it. we did the picture this year on the cruise, if people have seen it, and I'm sure it's been posted, at the, the, because as you were saying off the air, that we had a different ship and the pool stage was not normally what the pool stage is. And But there was a... there was a They had it in the dryer a little longer than it was supposed to be. <laughs> But I took the picture like off a balcony sort of vibe with this whole the audience underneath me. I do the old, the, the kickoff picture, and it really does look like because they had um, a podium up there. Like I'm like a pope blessing the, the people with Jack Daniels as we set sail. It was the most ridiculous thing ever. It was like my people. We are about to embark on a rock and roll journey together. You know, I felt like you had a bullhorn or something up there. Walk faster. The seas are only going to part for so long. Can I get an amen? 
Uh, let's talk about some other stuff that's going on here. First of all, so for for you, Dean, yes. you mentioned the possibility of working with Neil again. Yeah. Neil was just on here on this show with me not too long ago for the upcoming tour they're doing with with Def Leppard yeah. and everything. Of course, you spent how many years in Journey? You Seventeen. Seventeen years. Yeah, man. How many studio records? Five. Five studio yeah. records. It was a generations. D- 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 give me a second. Uh, Arrival. Red Thirteen. Revelation and Eclipse. And of course, you you know you ran into some personal problems, and I know that was uh, you know that stuff's behind you now, right? Yes, You're sir. doing well. I've got two years, nine months, one day, today. Congratulations, Thank man! You, bro. That yeah. is awesome. Like you look great, good. and you seem totally healthy. And <laughs> Thank you. Golf clap for Dean's <laughs> sobriety. There you go. It's a good thing, man. Life yeah. is good again. Yeah, good. Really well, I'm glad good. to hear that. So you're Thank in you. touch with Neil again. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, you know, we kind of had it. You know, once that all went, you know, sideways, you know, they had to kind of back off and do their thing. But yeah, Neil is like, you know, my big brother. I mean, he discovered me. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for him, I'd have no career really. So, you know, um, we've always kept in contact. And then uh, when he asked me to do uh, this thing with with Greg Raleigh, I jumped at it. I was like, yeah, man, definitely. So, yeah, I mean, really close with. John really uh, were close with uh, Arnell and I mean the whole band you know they're they're really supportive you know what do you make of what's going on with them now because you know I, I think it's really interesting when Neil was on here it went when the tensions that are in journey right now I know you're not in the band now but of yeah. course you were for a long time mm-hmm. and the tensions that are going on there which really I think fascinating is Neil has been very public about it if you yeah. follow him on social media yeah. and all that and when he came in and did this show not even a month and a half ago Mm -hmm. I talked to him about it and he was real honest about it and he said you know I don't need to be best friends to make have a good show with the people that are in the band. He goes, I said, you guys going to get through this? He goes, we're going to get through the tour. He goes, and we're going to give the best show we can to the audience. And you know, I'm, but I'm not going to lie. And here's what's going on. He was very refreshingly, yeah, you know, not PC about it. He's very yeah, he, laid it out. No filter with him, man. He no. just he's very it's it's black or white. He don't play. It's and know. it's kind of so it's led to people speculating that maybe. There is a play to do something with, like you said, with yourself and Greg. Mm-hmm. There is a way you could actually do a whole nother journey band. Yeah. And so it sounds like that's something he still wants to pursue. Yeah, he wants to go, you know, he misses playing. I mean, I mean, even though he's playing a lot, but I mean, he misses the old stuff where he just got to stretch out and the band was more of a prog thing, you mm-hmm. know? And... um for him to play with Greg again and 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 to do those old songs like we did we did that benefit down in in San Francisco uh for the fire victims and it was just awesome man i mean the the crowd was just going crazy and you know Greg sounds amazing still and to be able to play all those old songs he, he couldn't get the smile off his face he was really happy cuz he misses doing that you know we always had to do the dirty dozen you always got to do those hits right and um he gets bored you know, he's one of those guys that's like, man, I want to stretch out. So that's why he's doing, you know, segues, guitar segues, because he started doing some of that stuff. You know, just he wants to stretch, you know. It's, I guess it's a little bit of a blessing and a curse. I mean, when you're, yeah. you have a band like Journey that has as many hits as they have. You there, like you said, there's that dozen songs you got to play every night. Yes. Which, of course, you're you're blessed to have the, that kind of catalog and that many hits. Yeah. But the flip side, I would think, is as a musician, you're kind of like, Oh man, don't stop believing again. Yeah, you know? you, you exactly. Do, you do tend to get a little bit like on autopilot. Yeah. I used to do, I mean, even with Rat, we had, I was in the band seven years and it was the same set. And I would just sit there and I, I'd, I'd kind of like wake up in the middle of Way Cole Jr. and go, uh, 
did I miss? I missed like half the song. Like, how, how did I get here? Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then you just kind of finish it out. Yeah. It's weird. You get on autopilot. Speaking just... of uh, speaking of dysfunction in bands, uh, <laughs> word on the wire is that Rat is going to need a guitar player soon. I don't know if you, it's all low. I saw that, but I'm not. Uh... <sighs> Nobody's saying nothing, and I texted Stephen and Juan to ask him what's up, and there's been no official statement, but I talked to some people that tell me that Warren's not in Rat anymore. Which what happened is, there? The, huh? We don't know yet. Nobody knows. Oh, my gosh. And nobody knows. Again, I want to stress, this has not come out officially, mm. but it is, uh, you know, there's been some very well-placed sources that have said that uh, that, to me, is crazy with everything they've gone through. I don't know what's going on. But, jo- John, you just said you spent seven years in that band. There's been, I mean, I think people forget how many great, records and songs rat had but because of the lineup changes and the dysfunction that seems to be there i think that they shoot themselves in the foot with that (laughs) well and and there's been you know 11th hour arguments and bickering and feuding to the you know like right up to the point where they're getting ready to leave to go do a, a tour and some somebody in the band will go nope i'm not gonna do it wow and just leave and you're like, oh, yeah. that's how I got the gig. Yeah. You know, there was, I forget who I replaced. You know, I think it was, Rob, well, Robin passed away. Then I think the first year or two, it was Kerry Kelly. Yeah. And then I went in. And then they had, but they already had like Jizzy. Juan was out. So Robbie Crane was in there. And it was just, you know, and then Steven finally came back, which I, you know, I'm, you know, having gone through the Motley thing, I get it now, but. It's just like you can't like Stevens the singer, Warren's that gunslinger. Yeah, and yeah. I don't. You can't do rat without those two guys. That's what I was going to say, man. If Warren's not there, that's going to be a tough sell. And it took you me know? a minute. Like it literally, it was weird. Remember a couple of years ago, I, I had this weird. The light bulb finally went off, and uh, I, there was a point where uh, Stephen had, uh, Tyler had started doing American Idol, and. Um, I had a buddy that was working in the Aerosmith camp or something, and and uh, so he called me and he's like, "Hey, bro, uh, you know, give me the top secret rundown." And he's like, um, "I don't know how you feel about it, but you know, I know your name's getting kicked around for, you know, to sing for Aerosmith." Wow. And well, I go, because there was a half a second where they threatened to go do the band with a different singer, right? Even if it wasn't going to be called Aerosmith, it was going to be uh, the four guys with someone else singing. And I was just like, I just went. I was sitting on the phone. I go, dude, they can't. No, they can't go out as Aerosmith without right. Steven Tyler. That's just ludicrous. Whoop. The light bulb went <laughs> off. I go, oh, that's how the Motley fans felt. Ah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm like, yeah. you were that guy. I was yep. that guy. Yeah. And I, I finally, I, it, the light bulb went off, and I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah. I'm like, no, dude, it's got to be Joe Perry, Steven Tyler. You know, it, no. By the way, Steven Tyler, 70 years old today, man. Oh, Is wow. he 70? Today, 70 years old. Happy birthday, Mr. Yeah, Tyler. He can still kick everybody's ass oh, as far God. as I'm concerned as a front man and yeah. singer. You know, and you do. Did, were you, you were doing Seasons of Wither in your, in your acoustic yeah, show, right? I do. Yeah, it's crazy. That, that whole I was just, we yeah, were just talking about it. I do it in my acoustic set, and I tell this little story about why, you know, a lot of people like that song. It's 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 crazy. It's a deep track, though. It's I'm sure a, a lot of people track. don't even know it's an Aerosmith song. No, I, honestly, Eddie, fan. the minute I start playing that riff, everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's great. 
But it was funny, when we were doing the Motley record, we went up to Vancouver, and unbeknownst to me, I'm a huge Aerosmith fan, and uh, so we went into Studio A uh, at Little Mountain. Next door was Studio B, and I didn't know that they were there. So Tommy and Nikki just trying to shit stir a little bit. They go, crab, I think, you know, there's a little local band next door. We should go next door and just kind of say hello. We're going to be neighbors for a little while. Do you want to go? And I go, yeah, okay. You know, so they're like, all right, come on, you know. And I'm kind of walking and they're kind of lagging behind. And I kick the door in and I walk in and like everything immediately went into slow motion. <laughs> and I look down and it's Joe Perry. He goes like this, like, like I totally interrupted him doing a guitar overdub. Ugh. And then I see Steve and he's like, wah, 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 and he's coming at me and he grabbed me and he, my legs are swinging. He's kissing me. He's like, yeah. you're the one that's getting ready to be shot out of the cannon, brother. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, it, you know, so a couple of weeks later, I'm sitting. Did he know little, who you were? He yeah. just knew you were going to be the new singer. Well, I, I think, Tom, well, Nikki and Steven were very good friends. And, and this was, God, I had already been in the band a year, you know. So um, they had been to Hawaii together a couple times. So he knew. And, uh. You know, so a couple of weeks later, I'm just noodling around on the guitar, acoustic, and I was waiting to do a guitar track. So I'm in the lounge by myself, and I just start noodling, and I'm I'm just playing like, you know, Dream On, and I'm playing, you know, same old song and dance, and Adam's Apple, and all this stuff, going through it. And then I start playing Seasons of Wither, and I get right up to the point where the vocals are supposed to start, and I hear the voice, and I go, Whoa. And I look, and it's Steven. He was singing it. He sings it, right? And he goes, you're playing it wrong, brother. <laughs> and he jumped over the couch, retuned the guitar, told me the whole story, which was like, oh, my God. Like, how many times do we want to ask somebody like, Robert Plant, what are the lyrics to Misty Mountain Hop about? You know? Yeah. Told me the whole story. Showed me how to play it. We sang it and played it together. And then he got up and went back into the studio. And I was so excited. I was like, uh, I forgot the tuning. Uh, so I had, I had to reteach. <laughs> I had to reteach myself the old way, the the wrong way. And I so now I go, you know what? Fuck it. That's that's just awesome. I'm just doing that my set every night. Yeah, I love that song. It's well, it's amazing. You know, we have no matter what you do now. You everybody has the hero bands you know i mentioned for for me it was kiss and aerosmith that was the the 1a and 1b i mean yeah. for me and i i have a what well, was sharing appropriate to share a steven tyler story on his 70th birthday here but i had a, a one of the most amazing experiences was i got to travel with them for about three days through oklahoma I think it was Kansas City, uh, with, no, Wichita, Kansas, some small markets they did. Like, this is like mm-hmm. five years ago, six years ago. And uh, in that band of of all the guys that I know the best, the two guys I know the best are Joe Perry and Joey Kramer. And uh, over the years, now now more Brad. I got to know Brad pretty well and Tom. But the guy I know the least is, is Steven. And it's almost better that way. Like He's the only guy I can't text or get to because – it's yeah. I mean, yeah. it's crazy enough that I can do that with Joe Perry, who's yeah. right there, you know, the same deal, but still, and Joey Kramer, but Joey Kramer was like the first guy to reach out to me, and I'll never forget this. The first show that I did, this promoter hired me because at that point, Aerosmith weren't really doing meet and greets and stuff. Right. And they wanted, I was in the middle of doing my TV show, and they wanted 
I guess I was basically for like the VIPs, the consolation prize. You don't, you don't get to talk to anyone in Aerosmith, but the idiot from that metal show is going to come to stump the trunk with you, you know, for, for 10 minutes before the band plays. So I was, I kind of was like this, you know, concierge, if you will, on that. So the promoter set me up to go do it and paid me to go out. Three, four shows with Aerosmith. Cheap Trick was opening. It was nice. crazy. It was like, it was like crazy. And, um, so the whole thing. So the first night, I was going to bus or or uh, van or dr- get a rental car to to do the stop. So the first night, we're in uh, Oklahoma City, and Joey Kramer says to me, um, "You're with us for a couple of days." I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Well, how are you getting to Wichita tomorrow?" I go, well, "I go. I was just going to rent a car and you know trail along, whatever." He goes, "Dude, get on the plane." What get on the what the plane the, the Aerosmith plane like what, what? Like, like the one like it's on the back of live bootleg yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no that was thirty years ago yeah. it's still but I'm like you know and he's like yeah yeah get on the plane come with us man I'll get it sorted out you can come on the plane I was like, he goes Joe and Brad have their own buses they prefer to drive but on the plane is me Stephen and um, Tom. me Stephen and Tom he goes and we fly so just jump on the plane it's, it's like. Oh, it's like it's like honeymoon's hum to hum to hum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So, so, so the next day they clear and they get on the plane, and I'm sitting there and I'm sitting with Joey, and I just, it was it was the first time I'd ever been on a private plane, and you know, sir, would you like some hummus? Yeah, you know, it's like that kind of shit. Like, you know, I'm used to getting a pack of peanuts on United if you're lucky. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. And I'm like, uh, so I'm on the plane and uh, I'm sitting there and I'm I'm. You know, facing Joey and his wife, and my back is to the entrance of the plane, and Tom walks in, and I'm just, I'm not saying a word to anybody. I'm like, just like, a, I don't want anybody to know. Somebody, come on, what the fuck is that guy doing here? You <laughs> Who know? is he? Yeah. <laughs> so I just want to, like, please let this plane. And then I, 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 the plane, last person on is Tyler. And I hear, you can't not hear him. And he's walking in, and he's like, and uh, he sits towards the front of the plane, and I'm in the back, and I'm just minding my own business. I don't want to say anything to anybody. And the plane takes off, and the, and the captain's like, you know, the, 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 the flight time will be 42 minutes. I'm like, fuck, this is the one flight I want to be six hours long at least. I got so much to talk about. I need to mingle. You know? Go to Maui. <laughs> I was like, why do I got to be going to Wichita? Why can't I get to be in this plane for eight hours with these guys? So the plane takes off, and Tyler walks back during mid-flight, and he's just like, hey, Eddie, try- I heard you on the plane, man. He goes, Good. You know, he says hello. I was like, hey, Steven. You know. He goes, sits down. I'm playing it cool. We land in Wichita. We go get to the arena, in the car with them, into the tunnel, whatever. They go to their dressing rooms. It's all good. So at the time, they had a guy playing keyboards with them named Russ Irwin. Now they have a guy named Buck Johnson. Yeah, I know But Buck. they yeah. had Russ. This At the time I did it, it was Russ Irwin. And Russ was their keyboard backing vocal guy. So Russ says to me as we're walking off the plane, because he was on it too, he said, hey, he goes, um, he goes you, you know, you want you want to – you sit in Steven's room a little bit and say, you know, say hello and spend a little time. He goes, I'll talk to him about making it happen. And I was just like, uh, yeah. He goes, well, when we get to the arena, he said, you, um, you know, stay close in the hallway by all the dressing rooms. He said, and I'll talk to Steven. And if it's cool, maybe you can come in and watch, watch us warm up. Wow. Yeah, dude. So I'm standing in the hallway and you know, they all have their own dressing rooms mm-hmm. and Joe Perry sees me who I know quite well. And Joe says, hey, come in, sit down, man, sit down with me. So I go and sit down with Joe, and it's just me and Joe. Never forget it. Joe's eating a steak. He's asking me what shirt he should wear on stage. I'm like, dude, I'm the last guy you should ask about fashion. Look at me. You know, 
I wouldn't know fashion from I don't know what. I said, just, and he goes, and then all of a sudden I see Russ outside the door giving me the high sign, like, Steven wants to see you. Like, now you know that dynamic with any band. You don't want to be the guy that blows off Joe Perry because you got to go running to Steven Tyler. Yeah. So I'm going, you know, Joe, um, you, I, I should let you get ready, man. It's close to showtime. Ah, oh, sit down, hang out. What are you doing? I'm like trying to pull the move, you know? <laughs> I got to go to the bathroom. I go, well, Joe, you know. He goes, so finally I get out of the room. I go in and I walk. I know this is a long story, but I walk into Tyler's room and he, I'll never forget it. He's sitting in what looks like a director's chair. He's got a clock, like that clock right there, digital clock, mm-hmm. counting down to the, say showtime's at nine and it's 30 minutes to showtime. It's counting up to showtime. So it's like a countdown to stage time clock. He's sitting in a chair. His He's got a huge mirror, you know, makeup thing going on. He's got, I'll never forget, he had a, a woman on each side of him, like, pulling on his arms, like, massaging his arms. His arms are out. People, like, like literally six women with headsets and, like, buzzing around him, hair, makeup, massage, schwitzing him, whatever they were doing. And he's sitting there and everything, and he's just like, and then... I just go in the back and I don't say anything. I'm just like fly on the wall. And he sees me through the reflection to the mirror and he starts singing and he goes, Eddie Trunk is in the house. And I'm like, fuck, this is insane. (laughs) And then he says to me, Russ comes over and he goes, we're going to go because it's an arena, the shower stall. He goes, we warm up in the shower stall for the echoey acoustics. He goes, do you want to come to watch the warm ups?" And uh, I, I said, fuck yeah. So I, it's me, Tyler, and Russ in a shower stall. Everyone's fully dressed. So no, we can, I was like, this sounds like it's going in the completely opposite direction. And they're warming up and they're doing their vocal exercises and all that shit and 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 everything. And I'm like, uh, I'm just like in the corner against the tile wall, like fucking freaking out. And uh, sure enough, I I I would never be this guy, but I'm like. You, I can't not document this moment. So I pull out the iPhone, right? And and Tyler is buzzing around singing, and he sees the phone come out, and in his vocal warm-up, he goes, it's all right if you want to take photos, but if you take video, I'll fucking kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> nice! And I'm like, so I start taking pictures, and then Russ, you know, he's in the friggin' band, and he gets geeky, and he goes, Dude, did a picture of me with Steven now. So we did this whole... Fu- and I got the photos, but they're all blurry because Steven's like moving the whole time. But you can see what it is. And it's one of the greatest memories of my life. Oh, nice. And happy friggin' birthday to Steven Tyler, yeah. 70 years old today. Dude, it's that amazing. That guy, I, I, I saw him back in the day and I've seen him recently. Still and, great. And yeah. he's better I know. than he was 30 years ago. How does that happen? Clean living. Not well. <laughs> oh, what? Well, he was, he pickled himself back in the day, and now oh, yeah. I mean I don't know how long he's been doing clean living, <laughs> yeah. but whatever. That's what's amazing about the Aerosmith guys is they they hammered themselves, and they're still look and sound, and they're still the original five guys. Yeah. Yeah. How many bands are still the original five guys? Yeah, it's Not insane, dude. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, anyway, we, we get getting back to the Dead Daisies again. Burn it down is the record. It is out on uh, on April sixth. You bought me some wine here. What is this? this is this is called the Dead Daisies the de- wine? Yeah, it's the Dead Red um, Cabernet twenty fifteen. Yeah. Nice. Is that a good year? A good, I don't know. Good month. <laughs> good day. Bring me something new. This is old. <laughs> so, are you guys selling this? 
Can I, people I don't, buy this? I, I, don't, I, I don't know. Are we selling it or what, what's the deal with it? That's for you. It's just for me? It's you, for you. You made a Dead Daisies wine just for me? Just one, too. Well, just we're, one. we're making wine because they wouldn't let us do absinthe. <laughs> Marilyn Manson's got the absinthe. Yeah. yeah. The, He's got the, that the market court. The Manson. Manson. That's what he calls it. Yeah. Nah. So, um, John, what else you got cooking besides this? Are you going to do after you've done Dead Daisies run? You got other stuff going? Or what you, you know what? Do? It's crazy. I got Well, the guys in my band, I, I was going to go do some solo shows in January and February and... Um, the guys are all out with Gene Simmons, uh, his solo band, and um, my son just had a identical. Well, he didn't. His girlfriend did. Had identical twin daughters, so he's kind of tied up with that. And so you're um, an identical twin grandfather. I guess so. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> um, but um, yeah. So I just went out. I did some acoustic shows. You know that live you did 94. the Motley. You did yeah. yeah I, I came wanna, out in January. I want to talk about the Motley stuff for a second because the. You did. Uh, you played the '94 record, start to finish. Is that what you did? Yeah. I and and there was another record called Quaternary, and we when we were doing the shows, we were doing a couple songs from that as well. Just anything that I did with Motley, um, we did it live in its entirety, in the order the record was in, and then a couple little. If we got an encore, we would come out and do like um, Ten Thousand Miles and Baby Kills. You know what I mean? But um, it, it was weird. I mean, the, everybody, it's common knowledge, the tour that I did with Motley just sucked ass. and um, Attendance-wise or attendance wise. It was right. so weird. It was like we'd play in Dallas one night and it'd be sold out, and then we would go to, like, you know, the next city, and it was just brutal, you know. And um, you But know. I think that's a two. there's two things going on there. Of course, yes, as you referenced. It was hard, 94, though. It's hard to replace a singer, but it's 94. Yeah. And grunge, any band yeah. from 80s is going to get killed at that time. Yeah. So you had the double whammy. Yeah. yeah. You and really did. So we did that, and it was it was Larry, the one that was came to me, and he goes, you know what, dude? You know, Molly's going to go out. They're doing that final thing. It's the 20th anniversary of the record that you did. They're not going to play any of that stuff ever. Why don't you just go out with your guys and just do some shows doing the 94 thing? Because there's a lot of places you didn't play. And I get his thinking. I didn't really want to do it at first. But the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, there's a ton of places. I didn't play my hometown, New York City, Philly. We didn't play New York City. There was a bunch of Boston, um, ton of places in America. We never played Canada, South America, never went to Europe. So I go, okay. I'll do it. So we did a bunch of shows. It carried over into 2015. And then uh, I, I just kind of felt like I can't win because I would do the show advertised as this thing. And people would come up afterwards and go, dude, I'm pissed. You didn't play any Scream or Union. Oh. And I'm like, all right. You know what? Let's just knock it on the head. I go, we'll record one show. So I booked the show in Nashville. I said, let's record it for Prosperity. I asked Rat Pack if they would put it out, and he was absolutely into it. So it's been done for, God, since 2015. It It just came out in January. Oh, it did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it DVD or just a live recording? We did. Actually, we we filmed it, but I went back and looked at the footage, and it was unfortunate. It just, it didn't look good. It was the weird, there was some weirdness going on with the lights, and I'm like, just scrap it. We'll do the album, put that out. But I'll, I'll get you a copy when I go home. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. You know, the 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 time you talk about that record you did with Motley Crue, and yes, at the time it, it was it was a rough sell and all that. But 
age has been very kind to that record because as I'm sure you know, there's a real hardcore following of people that really now appreciate and loved what you did in Motley Crue in your era of the band. I think there's records that happens with records after 20 years or so. So you, you personally looking back on it, I know it had its ups and downs, but for you, you feel good about the record? Do you feel good about what you did? Yeah. I, I mean, I, Dean and I were just talking about this in the car. I go, you know, the first record, as easy as it was doing the record with Hooligans Holiday on it, um, I think the biggest, the biggest, dra- like, I loved being in Motley. It was awesome. We were, like, do- we were doing crazy shit together, like, taking bike trips and, you know, all this stuff. And it, it was a blast. And I thank them every day to myself for the opportunity they gave me as easy as it was doing the first record it was that difficult doing what became generation swine i think everybody management the band we were so freaked out about what happened no record sales no ticket sales that everybody just really started to overthink everything we need to be current. We need to be, you know, if you really listen to Generation Swine, I like the record, but I think we were just really trying to squ- fit a square peg through a round hole. Are trying you, to be are nine you on Generation Swine? Ish. So well, did, you, did you backing vocals? Did you write on it? Uh, yeah. I mean, we, we worked on that record for two years. And then Vince just came in and sang it in the I 11th mean, they hour sort some, of deal? They, they tweaked some stuff, and then he re-sang stuff, and they put it out. But... Um, you know, so we is were, there a version of Generation Swine with you singing on it? No, no. I'll say no. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. He'll say no. But <laughs> and you were working with Mick Mars for a while on mm-hmm. on Mick's yet to be released record. Where did that? Where does that stand? Well, I I told I think the last time I was here we were talking about it, and I just no we kinda, talked about it on the cruise. Yeah, that's why I asked. I well, asked I, you on the radio. I, I, I kind of, I mean, Mick, Mick, and I talked about writing. Then he went out on the farewell tour. I was out with my solo band doing the Live '94 stuff, and and then these guys called me the Daisies, and I I I really kind of loved the band, and I was like, man, I, I you know uh, I want to do this, you know, and I hadn't heard from Mick for a while, so I did the Daisies, and then. Um, you know, all this time passed, and I finally got a call from him, and he asked me to go into the studio and sing a couple songs. And then we talked about doing more writing. But then when I actually sat and I looked at my schedule, I'm like, I'm going to be out with the Daisies for like eight or nine months. I've got this going on with my solo career. I don't know when I'm going to be able to do this. And in all fairness to Mick, I, I love that dude. And I told him, I said, dude, this is your first solo record everybody else in motley myself included has done some sort of a outside of motley recording right this is your first this is important for you and i don't want to commit to something if i can't give you 100 percent of my time he totally understood it i know who he's working with i'm very excited to hear what he's got coming out um the singer and songwriter that he's working with is awesome so i i'm they're I, I'm, I can't wait to hear it. Well, I've been in touch with him, and I don't know what he's doing now, but I know there's been different people in and out of there. I know Tommy Hendrickson was doing some stuff with him for a little bit. Well, Tommy started, and then I went in and sang the yeah. two songs that him and Tommy wrote. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I wrote some lyrics for one of them, whatever. Now, are they going to use them? I don't know. But I had said to Mick... 
because he wants to debut the music with me, which is very kind, and I appreciate that. And we're, and we're in touch. And I said, when you're ready, you're ready. Just let me know. But I agree. I think this is the first time he's done anything on his own and just trying to set up the structure. And it's, it's taking him probably a little longer than he had anticipated. Right. But he's a wonderful guy, and I'm, I'm I love for him that all dude. the way. He, he really he, is. You know, Mick is not just an underrated guitar player. He's an underrated human being. Like, yeah. he's been kind of pissed on and and kicked around quite a bit. Yeah. And I've, you know, he's he's a good dude. A really good dude. And, uh, you know, I love him to death. And I just sent him this thing. Somebody sent me a meme. And uh, it was like Bruno Mars on one side and Mick on the other. And it says, less Bruno Mars, more Mick Mars. <laughs> so I just sent it to him out of That's the awesome. corner. Yeah, I sent it to him. And he, he just sent me back. And then we, we were texting each other for like half an hour so he's a good dude he I is. love Mick I know you gotta go cause you guys you gotta wrap up here but before but one more thing on Motley you know they're doing the movie now on the dirt you're included in the dirt in the book yes have you heard if you're gonna be portrayed in the movie I'm hoping Gary Coleman plays me <laughs> but I, you know what honestly a lot of the fans have been asking me and I go you know what honestly I'm I'm I'm, I'm not stupid and I'm look the successful Motley was Vince, Nikki, Tommy, and Mick. And if they want to cut it off and what, you know, I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? It's, it is what it is that I, I understand how the whole Motley thing was mapped out. If they want to add me in the thing, I just hope they don't make me look like an asshole. You know what I mean? That's all I ask. But so, so, but you don't know if you're going to be included in the script for the movie or I not. I don't think so. I've got a couple of friends that work in Hollywood and, they're like, oh man, I got a, the script, and you know, I don't see anything with about you know, and I'm okay, whatever, right? It's fine. Right. It's their story. You know what I mean? Right. I'm just a little asterisk on the side, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. Well, Nikki, you... Nikki said he wanted to be a blemish on the music industry. I said I'm totally fine with being a blemish on the blemish. So <laughs> I'm good with this. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, I know you got you guys got to get out of here. Again, The Dead Daisies, Burn It Down is the name of the album. It is out on April 6th, and you, there's a poster in here. It says, uh, Marco, I love you. Marry me. Did he marry this woman in the poster? Do we know? Did no, you guys even see that? No. There's a there's a big, there's a really cool sort of fan, fan it's all fold fan out deal. Fo- all fan footage in there. Uh, all the fans took those photos. And then I think there's some point in there where we asked all the fans around the world. Um, each it was a different countries, right? More, yeah. To write the it, lyrics. They hand wrote the lyrics out for us for the record yeah. in different languages around the world. It was it was cool. See, this Very is cool. why I still love my CDs and physical product yes, because you got right? a cool poster yes. in here and you got cool packaging and yeah. you got a great booklet and yeah. it's a great artwork. So this is the way to get music, man. This is my favorite still. So yeah, me too. Man. Check it out. It's out there now. And um uh, Dean, anything yes. you want to add before we let you go? Any other? Uh, is Revolution Saints ever going to do a live show or what? What do you think? <laughs> we did. Did you one. do one in Italy? We did one in Italy. Did a yeah. Festival, right? It's hard because Jack's got an eye ranger. That's the big issue is, yeah. is trying to get him away. That's his bread and butter, and I get that. So yeah. you know, and now Doug and I with Daisies. I mean, we'll probably do another record and hopefully do some shows. But got to be clear by me, bitch. Yeah, I, I, I got to pay him for everything. <laughs> yeah, I do now, there's man. a vig. There's a vig. <laughs> you got to answer to Father Karabi. Yes, it's came in he's like oh you know i go you do realize that uh i get uh 40, 46 i'm i'm cutting you a break oh, dude, thank 46 percent forget about it over there kid 46 46 percent. and then the irs takes the rest oh, i'm oh, broke listen 
If you were talking to my Uncle Vinny, it'd be a lot more. All right, forget about it. Jeez, 46. This guy's tough. Now go get me it's some tough. pasta. Yeah. I'll be right back. All right, the deaddaisies.com is the place to find out dates and more information. Again, grab the record when it comes out on April 6th. Say hi to the rest of the guys. Yes, sir. Safe travels around the globe. And hopefully, next Dead Daisies record, the both of you are still sitting here as well. We I'll will be. be. We will I be. Definitely will be. Better. We will be. <laughs> All right, I'm joined by uh, who, who's going to come back? Tishy will be back. And then you know we could do a whole revolving door thing, but no, 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 no more. And what do we got? We got a little stress ball here. That's a, a stress ball. Stress yes. ball. I need that big time. It's important. Yeah. A lot of stress. Knock that out. A lot of stress. All right, good. Good to see you guys. All right, you too, brother. Good luck with the record. Good luck with the tour. Well, my thanks to John and Dean. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. I certainly did. And uh, check out the new Dead Daisies record, which is out there right now. Thank you guys for listening to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Back next Thursday for another all-new episode, podcastone.com and iTunes, free as always. And be sure to visit me on social media. Follow on Twitter, at Eddie Trunk. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, eddietrunk.com. Lots of good stuff there on the site, including music news updated on a daily basis. All the news you know and need to know about. Don't forget, if you're in Houston this weekend, come see me. Proof Rooftop Lounge hosting Tom Key for Sunday night. Broadcasting my radio show live from the White Oak Music Hall this Monday, 1 to 3 Central Time, live on Sirius XM Volume. Come by, say hello. Won't cost you a penny to do so. That is this coming Monday, 1 to 3 p.m. Central from White Oak Music Hall in Houston for a Sirius XM Trunk Nation volume broadcast with a live audience. Who knows? Maybe you'll get on the air. Thanks to Katie Irizarry. She's the producer, as always, of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. You guys have yourselves a great week. Catch you next Thursday for another all-new episode. first time ever the adam carolla show is in virtual reality live saturday april 21st just a one-time 4.99 subscription and you can see it on your phone or your computer in virtual 360 reality you don't need glasses only a web-enabled device experience a live show from the comfort of your own internet It's not going to air as a regular show, so you can only see it in person Saturday, April 21st, or buy the VR download and watch on your favorite device. Get it at podcastone.com slash Corolla VR. Podcastone.com slash Corolla VR. 
I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's Power Cash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, figgins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music field trip to America's jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com.